You're listening to Manufacturing Ignition Recruitment Advice, bringing you right up to date on the latest recruitment information, trends and discussions to help you recruit the best people for your business. Sponsored by Bonfire Recruitment, helping manufacturing leaders across the UK to attract the best talent for their manufacturing company. Ignite your business or career today by visiting www.bonfirerecruitment.com. Here's your hosts, Terry Mallin and Scott Buchanan. And in this week's Manufacturing Ignition Recruitment Advice, we're going to go through. So once you've you've got the top candidates engaged in your recruitment process, how should this then be handled when you're meeting face-to-face at interview uh, with regards to going through a stages before you actually make an offer? Um, Scott, what's your input on that? Yeah, well, we, we've seen the way, the method that we're, um, we've done 2017 that's proved highly successful is that we're finding the interviews that are conducted face-to-face. There's already an element of, I'll use the word rapport, but certainly um, an understanding between you know the, the given client and the given candidate because we have a full understanding of what the client um, is looking, you know, looking to achieve, both from the company perspective and from the, you know, what they're looking for the individual to be capable of. But, but we obviously send, you know, the, the, the CV along with a, a video interview as well. So um, when the client actually meets with the candidate, that the, the there's already, you know, some common ground or at least a starting point. Do you know that way? So the majority of the interviews, some of the feedback that, that, that we've been learning of this year has been that that, that that things move pretty quickly. And I think um, that already um, takes takes your question to a whole other level. Do you know that way? Yeah, yeah, 100%, Scott. And, and just to kind of drill into that a little bit further, you know, the main benefit, so uh, once you've engaged and you've, you've struck up a conversation with the top 15%, you've got the person to the point of showing an interest in a particular position with your company and, and, and they're looking to progress that further, the next natural stage that, that we do is, is we would then arrange a video interview. The benefit of that actually is a lot of times wasted both sides. Um, if you meet someone, naturally you, 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 know, you think this person's going to be the dream article, the perfect fit, and vice versa for that person. They think it's going to be the dream job and the perfect fit. But actually, in reality, uh, you know, after that initial you know, one-hour interview, you know, either side might, might, uh, might realise that it's not. And actually, what we do is we do a video interview for all our shortlists, and, and you can do this as a, as a company as well, where it's a quick 10, 15-minute video interview. We will sit down with the person. We will ask that person to go through five minutes of their background and then start you know, asking some key questions like, you know, what's your career aspirations in the next five years? Why are you interested in this particular business? Why are you interested in this particular position? That way you get a feel for, for that person and they get a feel for you if you're doing the, the interview. Yeah. And vice versa, it's only taken up 15 minutes of your day. Nobody's had to take any holidays. Um, you know, it can be done on an iPhone, it can be done on an iPad, a laptop. It's all done safely and securely. Um, you can lock the room. It's your own personal interview room. And and and, and that way, when you're, you know, if that person's actually buying into taking the time, so the candidate, they're buying into taking the time to do a video interview, you know they're not a tyre kicker. They're not just looking to get some information from you. They're not just looking to scout. They're actually taking time out of their day. When they weren't looking, you engage with them. They're taking time out of their day to sit and do a video interview. So that kind of reaffirms their interest in that position. And you will get people who don't turn up for the video interview. And probably the good thing is, 
thankfully we never made uh, you know we never arranged a face to face because that that, uh, that could be completely time wasting straight away. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, good point, Scott. Yeah, with the video interview. Well, I think also from the client's perspective, it, it tends to be that the client will invite people that they they feel whether they do or not. It's another question, but they feel that they are relevant for the role and actually would be relevant for their team. Do you know that way? So um, the client already is um, gets their thought processes, the language that they're talking and the, the methodology of what they're, they're answering, the, you know, the relevant questions that are put to them, um, which actually could yeah. be from the client itself. You know, we, we do do it in some cases where we've got, you know, some some key questions that the client wants to be make sure has been presented to the candidate and see how the, ca- you know, the candidate reacts and it, it's all there. So, yeah, it's um, so so directly in answer to your question, you know, in terms of you know the actual interview techniques and so on. I guess it depends on you know what what the company is looking to achieve out of their interview as well. Is the company wanting to just get an understanding of you know the first stage interview, ticking the boxes from the company point of view, or actually have we already done that? Do you know that way? Do we want to move on yeah. to actually be we're going to bring value um, for this candidate that's potentially, you know, um, that, that isn't, you know, isn't readily available in the market? Um, we, we are, what, what value they could bring to the company. These are all the things yeah. that, that can be discussed. And exactly. And, and, and another tool that we use in addition to the video interviewing is behaviour reports. And I'm sure we've all done them in the past, um, but it gives you a profile of, who you potentially are. Some some can be scary. Some can be quite, uh, you know, can make you feel uh, uncomfortable. You think, how did that report know me so well? Uh, in twelve questions, and and but yeah, but you know, and, and there's all different types of tools out there. We use a specific tool. You know, use a business would use a certain tool. But the whole purpose of it is not actually, you know, so 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 we'll get candidates to do a behaviour report. But firstly, what we've done is actually we've got the hiring manager. And, and then possibly the senior team. So say the hire managers, a managing director of, of our business. We would get that, uh, we would ask for the high, for the MD to, to do the behaviour test because then they will understand what the candidate's doing. We will also get as much of the senior leadership team as possible who would be peer group to do the test as well. And they can all have a laugh and joke at the reports, etc. But the, the importance of this is actually when we are submitting candidates, what we will do is, the candidate will get a copy of their report, but we can actually benchmark the behaviours of that candidate against A, the hiring manager, and then B, the overall team. So you can see actually with this person's behaviour traits, you putting that into your senior leadership team, how the dynamics change within your team. Can I, you know, just let me reiterate here, this is a tool, it's not 100% accurate, it's a tool used where you can actually question people at face-to-face interview, and you can have a real open, upfront, frank conversation, you know, on the basis of, you know, if the hiring manager is more reactive and likes to get things done quick, whilst actually that candidate might be the opposite and actually might be more methodical and might like, might like to take their time before coming to a decision, how they, they would feel if they were rushed in that sort of situation. It actually allows for a real free flow, open conversation to make sure that A, both the hiring manager and this person can work well together and, 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 and B, that this person would integrate as well as possible within their team. Why, why would I look at that? Well, the purpose is a lot of the problems that we get within recruitment and what we've seen historically within the companies is when they make a bad hire, this is, tends to be not the experience or the technical ability of a person. It's more to do with actually that person fitting within their business and their company. So we try and put all the facts and figures in front of the companies that we work with 
to give him as much uh, tools and understanding to to make the best the best call. And that's the best call for everybody because what what the last thing we want is someone to hand on their notice, take three months to start a position, start the position, then within a month they realise it's not the right role for them. That leaves a sour taste in that candidate's mouth. Um, as they are now having to look for another role when they've left a secure role and B, on the client side, actually, do you want to know what? We're back to the drawing board and we might have to wait another three to six months to recruit that position and think about how much cost is involved in that and how much cost is lost as well. You know, and you can't get it right all the time. That's that's impossible. Yeah. The nature of the beast is we deal with people, you know. It's yeah, not a product. I think an important thing to highlight, Terry, is look, we've we believe in, in making sure that the right people get the right job for the right reasons. And I think the only way that we can be, you know, we, we can only allow that to happen by you know empowering people to have the tools to do it. Yes, we've got a professional experience. Yes, I'm sure we've got a professional opinions. But actually, it's allowing, making sure that the, the, the detail and the information is there for, you know, the, the client and the candidate, you know, to, to make sure that, that, that they're aligned in, in what's achieving. And as, as, as we've seen, you know, the, the, it, it works. Do you know that way? Because at the end of the day, if the client is looking to identify this top talent and you've got a candidate that is looking to further a career in a, a company that's aligned and also they fit, correctly within the team environment or you know the senior management team environment because through um the testing that we've done whether it's just with the candidate or across their you know the senior management team it's it's it, it works do you know that way it's tried and tested now and um i think the you know i think that the, the traditional methods whereby you know i know that companies and they're still there as well whereby um, it doesn't matter what level of opportunity you're interviewing at within a company, you will do, a, you know, a, some form of psychometric testing. But I don't think sometimes that the questioning against the psychometric testing is actually used effectively to allow the candidate to show, you know, to, to represent themselves fairly because the candidate may well get stressed out over, you know, the, the, the types of questions that are asked. And uh, certainly the way we do it, it's very, um, yeah, it's, it's down to earth, to the point, specific to manufacturing, and um, it seems to be doing well. Yeah, and, and this doesn't replace gut feeling by any means. What it does, it reaffirms that gut feeling, hopefully. Gut feeling's a massive part in, in, in the selection process, um, you know, but actually if you've got the facts and figures in the black and white to back it up, your decision, and you've got the backing of other members of the senior leadership team because, you know, uh, everyone will work well together, yeah, it's a win-win. And remember, this is before we even get to a face-to-face interview because what you're then getting is the absolute buy-in from that person that they're not going to waste your time so Scott, after we've got, you know, after we've done the video interview, we, we, you know, everybody's happy to proceed. We would then go to a face to face, and you know, obviously Scott, you yourself, if you were in that position where you were approached by someone, you you went into a company. How would you like to be treated in the basis? Say you're not actually actively looking. You're happy in your current role, right? But someone's approached you because you're doing a very good job, and they're trying to tempt you into their business with you know, say career progression or, or more money, whatever it might be, or you know, how how would you like to be treated within a within a recruitment process to keep you engaged? What what, what would you need to know? Well, I think and the important factors for me would be, you know, because if, if I'm quite happy where I am and, you know, the, I would need to be comfortable that there's a reason for me wanting to be, you know, putting my head above the parapet, you know, and, and meeting with, you know, a given client to speak, you know, about it. Um, as a person, 
you know, I, I would need to know the facts and figures and, 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 and the nitty gritty, I guess, of what's there. But also, I think it's important that whoever, you know, and I guess it would be a recruiter if I was working, you know, wasn't looking, I would need to understand, I would need them to be able to comfortably tell me what a client, you know, is, is looking, you know, looking for and to make a self-assessment on whether I'm the right man for, for doing that or not. And I think that the, the key thing is to, to have that information. And um, the other thing is, on the basis that that's all there, I mean, when I, you know, if I was to go for face to face, I think the most important factor is you've still got to treat it as an interview, but likewise, you've got to, and what I mean by that is you've got to do your homework, you've got to do your research in the company and make sure that you're, you know, you're, you're being true to yourself um, and that the client knows what, what, what you're all about. One concern or one of the, the things that tends to happen at interviews can be that, you know, people, I don't know, act out of character because they don't maybe interview every day, do you know, that way. So they're not, you know, that they, they find themselves in this tough place where they're, they're trying to impress, but it's maybe not natural to them. And actually, the best advice is, um, you know, to, to be actually be yourself and, and treat it more as a business meeting. Treat it as you would do on a day to day basis rather than actually, you know, treating it as a formal interview. That's certainly my approach. No, I completely agree with you. I think, you know, if it was if it was myself and I've got people that I've dealt with in the past to try and tempt them out of businesses and put them into new businesses, it's, you know, it's, it's very important that these, that, that you know, end of the day, um, this isn't someone actively looking. So you want to be giving them as, as much uh, overview as possible. Now, the, the reason why I mention overview is because you don't want to get too detailed into, you know, confidential information or that sort of stuff. Actually, just, you know, end of the day, an overview to give them a good idea of where, where the role would fit into the business, where the progression opportunities are, because most times these people will be career-driven. And, and actually, get maybe a factory tour. That's, the, that's an important part, because actually what, what you get in a factory tour is you get, and it's amazing what you can achieve in 10, 15 minutes of walking around the factory, but you do get a sense of the culture. Um, you do get a sense of, you know, simple things like HSE, um, you know, uh, you know for, uh, the products, you know, how how the, the lines are run or whatever that might be. You can pick a lot of good information up. The cleanliness, that's probably a big one for me. You get into a factory, the last thing you want to do um, is see, you know, you like to see nice painted lines, nice walkways, everything not, you know, everything in order. And that, that, that kind of gives you a reassurance as a candidate that actually, do you want to know what? The, the, the companies that are invested in the, you know, the the factory, um, you know, the, if they're not investing in the small things, then what chances are they investing in the bigger things and how, you know, that will impact their career. So that's, I, I think that's an important part as well. Yeah, and I think, it, I guess it's relative, isn't it, to the industry? Do you know that way? At the end of the day, you could actually, the role you could be going for is that there's a company that's now secured investment and they're wanting to get their place ship shape. Do you know that way? But actually, yeah. at the moment, that, that you know, they're maybe behind the times and, and, and they recognise that. And, and therein lies the opportunity. And, and that's, you know, I guess that's the beauty of our role, whereby, you know, someone that's maybe comfortable in that environment has maybe seen both sides of that coin. Um, can actually add significant value to, to that opportunity. But likewise, if they've worked in a shiny factory all their lives, then, you know, looking at the, the you know the industrial situation of, of maybe 30 years ago is maybe not the, the best environment for them. So so you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's knowing what what you're, you're working with, isn't it? You're knowing knowing what you're playing with um, in, in your job and, and, and doing it well. Yeah. 
So I think summarising uh, that particular recruitment uh, minute would be in the basis of, you know, at the end of the day, you know, make sure that we're, we're weeding out tyre kickers straight away, you know, conducting a good video interview, getting a feel for the candidate, gets a feel for the business and vice versa. Um, that way you can progress with somebody you feel comfortable with uh, without wasting time and money. Uh, secondly, a behaviour report would be very useful, uh, especially within the senior team. Um, because what you can actually do is actually line up some really relevant interview questions, once again, saving time and money, where you can probe right in an interview and make sure it's a good fit for all parties from a culture point of view. Now, remember, behaviours can change. So this isn't, you know, as I said to you, it's just used as an interview, an interview technique rather than a hiring decision. And if anyone wants any advice into specific software that we use for video interviewing or specific, uh, you know, the specific um, programmes that we use for our behaviour reports, please let us know and drop us a line. So it's terry at bonfirerecruitment.com or scott at bonfirerecruitment.com. Just on the point you were saying, we've actually done it, whereby we've actually, that the client had invested in their own programme for, for recruitment and their own internal set, set up, but they didn't actually have the tool for the for doing the, you know, the, the, the behavioural assessment. So um, that, that, that can be done um, separately. Yeah, I'm more than happy to give them the advice on that, but... So that wraps up this week's podcast, Scott. How did you how did you find it broken into three different chunks? Well, it's certainly it's yeah, it's it's good. I think we need to spend a bit more time on making sure we can count to three. But what, once we've got that sorted, then uh, no, it's I think it'll be a lot easier listening on on everyone. I think whereby you can actually listen to the part that's um, important to their world at the at the point in time. So yeah, all good. Yeah. Good. So, so if you're listening to the end of this particular podcast, just remember there's two other podcasts that we'll, we'll discuss. So every week we have three separate podcasts. One, the latest uh, manufacturing news from that previous week. And the second one being a specific hot topic within manufacturing. And then the third podcast being the recruitment advice uh, for, for, for a specific uh, issue or, or area for development um, that myself and Scott will go through. Um, those are cut down into bite-sized chunks of 10, 15, sort of 20 minutes long, depending on the specific topic. So if you haven't listened to them in the past, please uh, check us out on iTunes by searching Manufacturing Ignition Podcast or SoundCloud, and, and you can have a listen there. Uh, we've had a, 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 once again, we've had a, a, a number of emails coming in with some good feedback. Um, we're always looking to improve what we're doing and give some really useful advice. So if anybody's got any, any more uh, feedback, that would be great. You can pop us an email, as I said, to terry at bonfirerecruitment.com or scott at bonfirerecruitment.com. Thanks for tuning in this week and we will speak to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Manufacturing Ignition podcast. If you've made it this far, we take it that you enjoyed the show. In return, we'd love it if you'd leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Subscribe while you're there and we'll catch you for the next episode.